When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Chad Young. Hello and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. As the man said, my name is Chad Young. Starting with some unpleasant news, Ozzy Albies back on the IL just days after finally coming off of the IL, this time with a broken finger. That basically ends his regular season. As I understand it, Atlanta is not expecting him back. Even beyond the lost time, Albies had a disappointing year, posting career lows in average on-base percentage, slugging, WOBA, and WRC+. He only stole three bases and was caught five times. I'm really interested to see what this does for people in the offseason. Does it scare them away from him in February and March, making him a buy low? Or are drafters just going to write this off and treat him like 2022 never happened? In which case, I'll probably stay away. Just have to see how early drafts play out. Nick Solak, not Ozzy Albies, but his season is also over. And in the lost season, it'll be interesting to see where the Rangers turn to replace him. Levi Weaver, who covers the Rangers for The Athletic and is a great Twitter follow at 32EFIS. Lots of good information on that team. Noted that with the option to place Solak on the 60-day IL, the Rangers could add someone to the 40-man roster, giving them some added flexibility in who they try out over the final couple weeks of the season. They're off today, so watch the news tomorrow for their moves. JT Brubaker was placed on the 15-day IL, and that basically ends his season as well. Maybe he gets back in time for one start. Brubaker's been reliable for the Pirates and an occasional streaming option, but not a huge fantasy loss. Luis Ortiz recalled to replace him. Ortiz currently listed as the probable starter for their game Tuesday at Yankee Stadium. Don't really love what I see with Ortiz, but the aggressive promotions for him this year are interesting and at least make me want to watch him pitch, see what the Pirates are looking at. Ramon Laureano hit the IL Sunday as well. He's put up 13 home runs and 11 stolen bases in 383 plate appearances. That's pushing a 2020 pace, and you should try not to forget about that when 2023 draft season rolls around. The Giants officially shut down Alex Wood for the year. He's still not cleared to work his way back from a shoulder impingement, and there just isn't time to let him get back on the hill. His ERA does not reflect the fact that he pitched as well in 22 as he did in 2021. Another thing not to forget for drafts. The Giants also claimed Jarrell Cotton off waivers and to make room designated Willie Calhoun for assignment. I really thought Calhoun might be a perfect fit for the Giants coaching staff, and he showed some real signs in AAA, but got all of nine major league plate appearances before they bailed on the experiment. Doubt this is the end of the road for him, but not a great sign. Frank Schwindel, meanwhile, cleared waivers going unclaimed by all 29 other teams and was released by the Cubs. That is quite a fall from grace after the great story he provided last year. It's also a reminder that these late-career, unexpected breakouts are high risk for fantasy managers. Julio Rodriguez feels rest will help him get him back to full strength. He could be back as soon as today. It sounds like the long season is sort of wearing him down, which is understandable. He's never played anything close to this amount of baseball. And he may be taking some more days off because of that, especially if the wildcard race resolves. 
Right now, it looks very likely that the Mariners will get a wild card. What they're really fighting for is that top wild card spot. But if they fall far enough back and don't have a clear shot at that, they are going to rest up and get ready for that series. Trevor Story has missed a few games with a heel issue. was tentatively slated to return on Tuesday, so hope to have him back in lineup soon. Yankees got Anthony Rizzo back from the IL Sunday and optioned Estevan Florial to make room. Florial settling in is sort of a fifth, sixth outfielder type, the kind of guy who can play a role but is always in danger of losing his roster spot. Believe he still has an option left, so he'll probably do that again next year for the Yankees. Rizzo immediately had an impact for the Yanks. He was back at first base, hitting second, and went three for six with his 31st home run, two runs and an RBI. Get him back in your lineups if you didn't already. A whole slew of pitchers coming back in the coming days. You'll want to keep this in mind as you're setting weekly lineups. Max Scherzer, Tyler McGill, and Drew Smith all coming back for the Mets soon. Scherzer will start today at Milwaukee, while McGill and Smith will join the bullpen when activated. Tyler Anderson will be back from the paternity list for the Dodgers and will start one of their doubleheader games on Tuesday. Aaron Savali should be back to face the White Sox in a crucial series for Cleveland. Looks like he's going to be going Tuesday. Zach Wheeler will rejoin the Phillies rotation to start on Wednesday, but don't expect him to go too deep. Sounds like Noah Syndergaard will piggyback with him as Bailey Falter stays in the rotation. Falter pitched Sunday going four and two-thirds long, a run on four hits with three strikeouts and two walks. Not super, but he's been pitching well lately and he's earned that rotation spot. A couple of interesting bats back soon too. Miguel Cabrera will rejoin the Tigers today. No fantasy moves there, uh, unless I guess Albert Pujols gives him directions to the Fountain of Youth. Harrison Bader will also be coming back. And then Harrison Bader should join the Yankees on Tuesday, finally. He's a good source of speed. There is some power upside there. He's been excellent in his rehab assignment. So if you need an outfielder, he's not a bad place to look. Some injuries on Sunday. George Springer is apparently not injured. He was hit by a pitch on his left elbow. That's the one that wasn't already bothering him this year. And it seemed like he might have to leave the game, but he stayed in. The Jays are off today, and hopefully that gives him a chance to rest up. Brendan Rodgers left the Rockies game with what he called a tweaked hamstring, and it looks like he'll need a day or two, but hopefully no more than that. Johnny Cueto scratched again with non-COVID illness, but should be back this week. Sounds like he's going to get one of the three games with Cleveland, the team just waiting to decide which based on his health. On to the on-field action on Sunday. Eloy Jimenez, this guy just needs to stay healthy because when he's on the field, he is crushing. Sunday, 3 for 4 with a walk, a double, a home run, scored twice, drove in three. He is capable of being an elite bat. Jose Siri with the first combo meal of his season, just his sixth home run and 13th stolen base. Siri's been a lot better since coming to Tampa, but better still isn't exactly good. But I think he's worth watching. He has some decent talent, and the Rays rarely make a move for a player like this without seeing a path towards improving them, getting more value beyond what was expected. So he's worth just keeping an eye on and seeing what he does the rest of the way. O'Neill Cruz has had everyone talking about his bat for a while. Hitting a 104-mile-per-hour home run and a 110-mile-per-hour double off Jacob deGrom is only going to increase that chatter. He was 2-for-4 with a run and 3 RBIs. The problem is, he struck out twice again. He's been excellent in September, but the K-rate is still pushing 40%, and that leaves some big doubts. I'm still in long-term. He's producing even with that K-rate, and there is potential to bring it down, but it's going to be a rocky road for a while. Martin Maldonado had a day Sunday. Four plate appearances, four hits, Four runs, four RBIs, including a four-bagger. Maldonado has not been great this year and has been awful this month. But he has gotten hot before. He had a great streak back in July and was sort of an elite fantasy catcher for a while there. If you need upside a catcher, he could be on the wire to pick up and could be a decent gamble. Just note, he is solid versus lefties, but very bad versus righties, so platooning him is best. 
Aaron Judge hit two more home runs Sunday, going four for five with a walk, a double, three runs, four RBIs, and there is just nothing left to say about him. So let's talk about Oswaldo Cabrera, who went three for four with a walk, a home run, a double, two runs, two RBIs. Cabrera's having a great week, and he flashed 20 home run, 30 stolen base type pace in AAA, so there is some upside if he can stay hot. Luis Renjifo did not want Judge to be lonely, so he hit two home runs as well, finishing two for four with a couple runs and three RBIs. Renjifo is a switch hitter, but he has absolutely killed lefties. And so if you can use him in a platoon role, you should. He's a stud on that small side of the platoon. His partner on the left side of the infield Sunday, by the way, was Levon Soto making his first major league start. And he went two for three with a home run, two runs, two RBIs. Not getting super excited about that. I don't see a ton of upside, but that's still a pretty fun first start. Other home runs around the game on Sunday. AJ Pollock hit his 12th, Andrew Vaughn his 17th, Willie Castro got his 7th, Javier Baez doubled that up with his 14th, Josh Young hit his 3rd, Corey Seager his 31st, Christian Betancourt is up to 11, Salvador Perez doubled that with 22, William Contreras hit his 19th, Robbie Grossman hit his 7th, Alec Bohm hit his 12th, JT Real Muto his 19th, Garrett Cooper hit number 9, Vlad Guerrero Jr. got number 29, Danny Jansen hit his 13th, Jesus Aguiar also up to 13. Jake Cave hit his fifth. Aaron Hicks his seventh. Colton Wong got number 12. Tyrone Taylor number 17. Rowdy Telez up to 31. Stuart Fairchild hit his fifth. Connor Joe hit his seventh. Jan Gomes hit his eighth. Manny Machado hit his 29th. Juan Soto hit his 25th. He also added a double. Looks like he's coming back, but you never doubted that, right? As for stolen bases, Elvis Andrews swiped his 13th, Yon Mancata his 2nd, Nate Eaton stole his 8th, Bryson Stott nabbed his 9th, JJ Bladet got his 4th, Alex Call his 2nd, Rymel Tapia his 8th, Pete Alonso took his 4th, Mark Canna his 3rd, Terrence Gore his 3rd, Jose Altuve stole his 18th, Chaz McCormick number 3, Willie Adamas swiped his 7th, Charlie Blackman his 4th, Garrett Hampson got number 11, Dylan Moore stole number 16, Taylor Ward number 4, and Freddie Freeman is up to 12 now. Looking at the mound now, there were a bunch of aces going on Sunday, and we'll get started with a record. Framber Valdez set a single-season record Sunday with his 25th straight quality start, going six innings, giving up two runs and four hits, striking out seven and walking one, got a 16th win as well. There is no pitcher I would rather start in fantasy if I know I need a good outing. He doesn't have the upside of a Verlander or DeGrom, but you can bank on good results, and that's pretty valuable. And that 25 straight quality starts, that is an incredible feat. Sandy Alcantara went the distance Sunday, giving up a run on seven hits with a walk and seven Ks. That's his fifth complete game. The rest of Major League Baseball has 24 combined. Spencer Strider, in case you hadn't noticed, is good. Sunday, he struck out 10 over 6, walked 3, but allowed just one hit and one run. Speaking of aces, the ace of aces, Jacob deGrom, gave up just four hits, and if it weren't for that O'Neill Cruz homer, he would have been near perfect. Three runs on four hits over five without a walk and 13 strikeouts. Yeah, that ERA is not great, but he's still the best in the game. Garrett Cole did not match his fellow aces Sunday as the Brewers got him for four runs on four hits and three walks over five innings. He did strike out eight and get his 12th win, but not at all what you wanted from him. Not that it changes what you'll do with him next time out. Joe Ryan got pulled from a no-hitter last time out. This time, he was more efficient and went deeper, but there were hits. Three hits, two walks, over seven and two-thirds. Still no runs allowed, though. Struck out five and earned his 12th win. Ryan gets the Angels next, and honestly, I'd start him against almost anyone. A nice start for Reed Detmers going six and holding Seattle to a run on four hits and two walks while striking out three. Still reason to question him, but the schedule isn't bad, and I'll keep running him out there where I can. Hugh Darvish was excellent, keeping the D-backs off the board for six and allowing just one hit and one walk while striking out eight on his way to win number 15. 
another one of those aces who was going on Sunday. Opposite him was another chance for Ryan Nelson to prove himself, and he wasn't great. Five and a third innings, four runs, only three were earned on just three hits thanks to four walks, just three strikeouts for Nelson. Those numbers look a lot like the guy who struggled in AAA. I'm probably not going to use him much this year, but in keepers, if I can, I would sit on him the rest of the way because I do think there is still future value. Speaking of future value, Cody Morris is showing the talent that had him rising up prospect charts before getting hurt. Against Minnesota Sunday, he went six innings, giving up just one run on six hits and striking out six while walking one. He is the featured starting pitcher in Monday's SP Roundup, but I'm more bullish than what you're going to see from Nick if you go read that. I don't know how safe he is this year. Could be some risk, but I think the future is really bright. Another first pitch host, Daniel Port, tweeted today that he sees similarities between Morris and Danny Salazar. I don't hate that comp. There's a lot of talent there, and I want to see what he looks like with a normal offseason and a full spring training. Luis Sessa was on a roll until Pittsburgh got to him last time out, but he was back at it Sunday. Five one-hit shutout innings, but just one measly strikeout and a couple walks. On a roll or not, Sessa isn't a guy I want much to do with. Low upside, high risk, just not worth it in my opinion. Jeffrey Springs just missed a quality start going five and two-thirds innings, allowing two earned runs, three total runs on six hits with six strikeouts. Plus, he got a win. He piled up 15 whiffs at a 32% CSW. The two home runs he allowed are the only real issue, but that hasn't been a problem for him this year, so I don't think it's anything to worry about. Anibal Sanchez was having an awful year, really not unexpectedly, but his two earned runs Sunday were actually the most he's allowed in a while. Going into this start, he had alternated one and zero runs for five consecutive starts, and then Sunday went six innings with two runs on four hits, three strikeouts, two walks. He did take the loss in this one. So has Sanchez turned a corner? I don't think so. Strikeouts and walks haven't been great. He hasn't been over 30% CSW once in that run. In fact, I think the highest was 26%. Expect the runs to increase moving forward. Dean Kramer, well, he did enough for the O's, but yeesh. Facing the Jays, he went five and two-thirds innings. He only gave up two runs, but he walked five, struck out just three, and gave up four hits. He gave up a home run in that as well. So how you walk five, give up four hits, including a home run, and step away with just two runs against the Jays? Man, that is that is impressive, I guess, in a way. No way I would have used him in this one. And if you didn't got away with it, take the W and bail before he faces Houston next. Alec Manoa, meanwhile, also walked too many. Four walks over six innings, but he struck out five, avoided the home runs, just gave up a run on four hits. Manoa gets Tampa next, and despite the somewhat ugly outing on Sunday, he's an easy start there. Ken Waldachuk got beat up by the Astros to the tune of five runs and five hits in two and two-thirds innings with three strikeouts and two walks. Still like his future, the present is too risky. Not great from Jordan Montgomery, just five and a third innings, three runs and seven hits, two walks, nine strikeouts. like those strikeouts, but nothing else. Not what we had come to expect from him, and against Cincinnati, and now he's got the Dodgers next, so I'll be sitting that one out. Finally, Rain interrupted the Sunday nighter and may have helped limit Andrew Haney to four innings. He gave up just two hits and a walk, struck out eight, probably wasn't going to go much more than five anyways, because that's just sort of how the Dodgers use him. Turning our attention to the bullpens, Jordan Romano blew his fifth save in spectacular fashion, giving up three runs on four hits and two walks without a strikeout. The Orioles turned a 3-2 deficit into a 5-3 lead. Romano still locked into that closer role, despite the fact that this was not good. Felix Bautista also wasn't good in that one. He was better, though. Better enough. Better good enough. He was okay enough. Walked two, allowed a hit. 
Just one run scored, and he had a two-run lead, so that's a 14th save for him. Again, locked into that job. Pete Fairbanks got his eighth save, striking out two in a perfect ninth. Just one of the guys in the Tampa pen who sometimes picks up the save. Yuan Duran took the ninth for the twin Sunday, striking out two and walking one on his way to his eighth save. Jorge Lopez still the man there, but Duran will occasionally steal a save as needed. Buck Farmer got his second save, taking the ninth for the Reds. I think this was just about availability. I don't expect Farmer to hold down the closer's job. Daniel Bard got his 32nd save, striking out a pair of Cubs in the ninth. I really did not see this season coming. His ERA is now 1.95. The final save for the week went to Justin Brule. I think that's how I pronounce it. If not, Justin, I'm sorry. I got to look that up. His first save of the year, he faced just one hitter in the 10th inning. Craig Kimbrell took the ninth and ended up the winner, keeping the game tied after Alex Vesia blew the save in the eighth. With that, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about Monday's action. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show Right, welcome back. We'll start off with a look at the weather with our friend Mark Paquette. Thank you very much. Well, we have a short slate on Monday, and so often is the case recently, we'll have no weather with issues today. So I know I start a season-long playoff, so that's good news. And for anyone playing DFS, that's good news as well. Have a good one, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Mark. Only nine games Monday, so limited options for streamers. Plus, there were a bunch of aces who went Sunday. There's a bunch more going today. But... Jose Suarez may be the most interesting streaming type. The Mariners haven't been hitting lately, and he's been solid for the Angels. Wade Miley, another option as he gets the Marlins. The offense I would stack, if I'm stacking an offense, would be Atlanta. Plus, a reminder for those of you setting weekly lineups, the Rockies are home all week. They get the Giants and the Padres. Those are two pretty good pitching teams. That doesn't help, but that's still get a whole week of home Rockies and those two teams visiting jump on that opportunity. I mentioned earlier that Cody Morris was the featured pitcher in the SP Roundup today, but you should go check it out, see what Nick had to say about Cody, as well as all the other pitchers who went on Sunday. While you're at Pitcher List, check out the batter's box and reliever ranks. Again, a lot more detail than I can provide you here. Gives you everything you need to know to start off your fantasy week. Hope you're still competing. Hope you're still contending. Hope you're coming down to the wire. Enjoy the games tonight. I'll be back with you tomorrow. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.